Holly, turn the light on back here. Wait a minute, never mind. Doing well. All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house today. Amen. Amen. Appreciate your presence this morning. Let's all stand and uh, take. Uh, let's see. I guess all these is gold. Yes, gold hymnal, page one eighty-seven. Page one eighty-seven in your gold hymnal. Oh, I want to see him. I'm looking forward to seeing the Lord. Aren't you? Amen. Praise God. 187 in your gold hymnal. Amen. Let's uh, worship Him today. He's worthy. I said 187. You're the one that wrote it. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without within, but my Lord leads me on through Him I must win. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. There to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to Him, He will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leads whate'er betide. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face, there to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me live my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in valleys I look toward the mountain height, and behold, Savior there leading in the fight, with a tender hand outstretched toward the valley low. Guiding me, I can see as I onward go. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face, there to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows roll from the mighty deep, then my Lord directs my bark, He does safely keep. 
And he leads me gently on through this Oh, I like this He's a real friend to me Oh, I love him so Oh, I want upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last sing that chorus one more time oh i want to see him look upon his face forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice amen cares at last cares all past home at last ever to rejoice i'm looking forward to that day aren't you Amen. Now turn to 216, page 216. Amen. I love this old song. How many of you know what it is to be touched by the hand of the Savior? Amen. Shackled by a heavy And now I am no longer. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God today. Sing now. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something. And now I know He touched me and made me whole. On the second now, since I met this blessed Savior. Oh, think about what you're singing today, church. Since He cleansed and made me whole. Hallelujah. Glory to His name. I will never cease to praise Him. I'm going to shout it while eternal. Sing that second verse. I felt something on that now. Hallelujah. Since I met this blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, thank you, Jesus. I will never cease to praise Him. I'll shout it while. Eternity rose. Lift it up unto the Lord today. 
he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made. Sing the chorus one more time. I'm thankful for the master's touch. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole. All God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. 224 now, 224. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Another wonderful song of the church. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, He met the needs of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy I am to He made all the darkness depart Heaven came down and glory filled my soul Savior made me whole My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul on the second now born of the spirit with life from above into God's family divine Justified fully through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing is mine. And the transaction so quickly was made. When as a sinner I came. Took of the offer of grace he did proffer. He saved me. Praise his dear name. Yes, thank God. Heaven came down. And glory filled my soul. When the cross the Savior made me whole. Saying my sins were washed away. And my night was turned to day. 
day heaven came down and glory filled my soul sing the last now now i've a hope that will surely endure after the past yes it will i have a future in heaven for sure there in those mansions sublime and it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross i believe riches eternal and blessings supernal from his precious hand i received heaven came down and glory filled my soul when at the cross the savior made behold my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul my sins were washed away my night was turned to day amen heaven came down and glory filled my soul turn around fellowship one with another it is good to be in the lord's house today the day when heaven came down and glory filled your soul amen so how do you know you got the glory well the holy ghost took up residence in your heart and life the glory of god amen never been the same uh, if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are uh, made new amen I'm thankful I've, I made uh, what happened to me when I got saved was more than just a, uh, a belief or a decision that I made. Uh, amen. I'm afraid that a lot of people want to cheapen the miracle of salvation. It's so much more than anything man can do. It's something that only God can do. Uh, the new birth, re the work, the regenerating and, uh, amen, uh, quickening work of the holy spirit of god where he transforms the nature the very inner nature of a human being amen i'm thankful uh, that i know what it is to be born again aren't you today appreciate your presence this morning this first sunday of february 
And uh, that means that we're getting closer to the end of winter. Somebody said something about that old groundhog. Said he didn't see his shadow. Well, is that right? I don't put much stock in that, but uh, if I'd have saw the groundhog, I'd have shot him. Uh, amen. He was cute. Amen. Uh, ain't nothing like greasy groundhog. Hallelujah. No, you don't want to. No. Amen. Well, where we come from, our family, they ate squirrel brains and everything, didn't they? Yep. That's right. Good high in protein. Uh, hallelujah. Well, uh, God's good, isn't he, church? Amen. Just to give us another day. To, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's our duty. Amen. But it's a privilege that we have to enter into the very presence of God and offer uh, our thanks and our praise unto him for who he's done and what he's done, he, for who he is and what he's done for us. Amen. And I think we could all say God's been good. And because of that, we have every reason in the world to praise him. Amen. Uh, I think it's good for us to come to church, don't you? Amen. Amen. Opportunity fellowship with uh, one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, sing the songs of Zion. Uh, offer up our prayers and, and our offerings unto the Lord. Hear the word of God preached and taught. Uh, amen. That'll lift you up. Keep you going in life. Amen. I'm thankful for the local church today. Uh, by way of announcements, anything we have? I'm not sure that we have any announcements. I still think they're doing that uh, drive at the um, the warming shelter, something to that effect. I don't have all the details on that, but don't forget to help those who are in need. Amen. A lot of people that are less fortunate than we are, we need to be sensitive to them and do our best to use those uh, opportunities is a chance to uh, tell them about Jesus, point them to the cross of Calvary. Uh, amen. Uh, by way of prayer request today, uh, amen. Good to see uh, some that hadn't been here back. Uh, of course, Miss Denise was here Sunday. How's your, how's your wrist doing? Pretty good. Can't keep a good woman down, right? Don't have a choice. You've got too many responsibilities. Them two sitting right beside you, that's... Amen, that's high maintenance enough as it is. Praise God. Good to have the Travises back with us. Bunch of, amen, good to be here. Bunch of sick folk. Bunch of layouts, I'm telling you what. Hallelujah. No, we appreciate them and glad they're feeling better. Uh, Caroline and Carly were sick the first of the week. Uh, of course, I, you know, I know how it was when I was growing up, and that is that after the weekend, uh, Man, the hardest day to go back to school was Monday. And so if I could find a reason to be sick or have a headache or take a thermometer and put it under a light bulb to warm it up, amen, we knew all those tricks. But uh, amen, a lot of sickness going on right now. Flu's running rampant, uh, and it's that time of year, but this too shall pass. And just thankful the Lord's able to, to, to heal us of our infirmities. So uh, pray for these who have been sick. Uh, amen. Uh, continue to remember LV in prayer. Uh, we need to pray for him. Continue to remember Miss Fanny Swatzel. Remember her also. I was able to visit Cheryl Davis on uh, this week, and we had a good visit. Continue to pray for her. 
Uh, also visited Elizabeth Ward and remember Miss Elizabeth uh, as well. I tell you, we've got so many folk that just aren't able to come to church due to sickness and uh, even, of course, our congregation has aged tremendously since I first started as your pastor. Uh, but we don't need to forget those that are not able to come. Amen. Remember them in prayer. Anything that you'd like to add to the prayer list today, you can do so at this time. Pray for uh, Miss Ellen's sister, Elma. Any update there? All right. Okay. Remember her in prayer. Pray for mom and dad as they're traveling. Uh, amen. Well, traveling. They're vacating. Uh, amen. And uh, uh, there's nothing that just thrill my soul anymore for a big snowstorm to come right up the coast. Uh, I'd love that. It would just thrill my heart. Amen. But uh, pray for them that they'd have a, uh, you say, preacher, why'd they go? To get away from me. What do you think? Uh, amen. But uh Preach, that's right. So remember them in prayer. I'm sure you have some that you'd like to uh, mention this morning. You feel free to do so at this time. Amen. Amen. Yes. Remember the Mike Long family. Good. Amen. Thank you so much. Sandy Long. Wow. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay, remember this uh, special request, the Mike Long family. Somebody else today. We need to pray for our country. Every time we need to pray, it's now because we have no leadership in the White House. Amen. Remember our nation, as this certainly is a very volatile time, a lot of division in the country, and uh, just pray that truth prevails and the only hope America has is to repent and turn back to the God of our fathers. Amen. So let's just remember remember our nation, remember all the things going on around the world. And, uh, you know, it's a very volatile time. But, you know, people recognize that, and especially lost people. There's a lot of uncertainty and confusion 
what's going on. Friend, that's a perfect opportunity for you to tell them about Jesus. Be a witness. You know, uh, all these things are simply, you know, read the, read the Word of God and it'll make sense to you. Uh, and uh, the Bible foretells these things. And, and I'm telling you, uh, you know, some, sometimes we catch ourselves complaining. Don't complain to lost people. If you're saved... Don't be a complainer, amen. Be a, uh, amen. Be a conduit. Point somebody to Jesus, and uh, use all these things going on to uh, uh, to do what God has left you here to do, amen. So, uh, praise God. Uh, other prayer needs today. Remember Lola, she'd already been going through some things, and uh, so remember her and now her health also. Other prayer needs today? Pray for uh, each other. We need to pray for one another, lift each other up, pray for um, other churches. Uh, amen. Thankful for the remnant. Thankful that we're not alone. We're not by ourselves, but uh, God still has a remnant. I'm thankful for that. Um, amen. Feel like I'm forgetting something. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. That's good, sis. Amen. Um, we may not agree with the um, position and the direction of our leadership, but we are commanded to pray for them. So um, we need to be faithful in doing that. Our military officers, obviously those whom we recently lost, who were killed in attacks uh, overseas. So remember those families as well. Anything else before we uh, gather around the altar and pray? It's a big transition for sure. Pray for Beth's sister. Pray for Beth. Amen. Short timer. You know, a lot of times these ladies get closer to delivering a baby and it's, you know, just complaining. And Boy, Beth's a trooper, I'm telling you. <laughs> Has to be, right, William? Amen. Amen. So uh, 
So remember her in prayer. She doesn't talk about herself, you know. That's something she doesn't do, but we do need to remember her in prayer. Make sure she knows she's got the love and support of her church family. Anyone else today? Unspoken requests by the uplifted hand. Need to pray for our lost friends and family members. Telling you folks, uh, time is running out. Uh, pray for our church. Amen. It's uh, uh, warm, warm, warmer weather's right around the bend. Just pray that the Lord will uh, let us uh, or allow us and show us how we can successfully not just propagate ourselves and our church, but uh, uh, you know, proclaim the gospel and be a witness and see people saved. Amen. We just get one 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 lost soul uh, to to come to church and be saved. It'd be worth it all, wouldn't it? Amen. So we've got to be faithful in fulfilling the commission God's given to us. Amen. So let's uh, do that. All right. Uh, we'll gather around the altar. We'll take these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, uh, pray there in your seats, please. William, I'll ask you to lead us, sir. Yes, God, thank you today for this another day you give to us just to come to your house to gather with your people. Uh, Lord, to, uh, Lord, to honor your name. Lord, to hear your word and just to fellowship together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, thank you, God, for another day that you have blessed us with and bestowed upon us, Lord, this gracious uh, opportunity we have to come to church. Lord, I love you. Lord, I'm thankful for everyone that's made their way out today, some who are not able. Lord, we pray that your blessings would be upon them. Lord, I pray today that uh, throughout the furtherance of this service, God, that you might use us. Uh, Lord, to, to be a help and a blessing to those who have come, Lord, today. And Lord, God, all is made unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you move in our midst, work in our hearts, God. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, uh, when we leave this place, we'll be able to say that Christ has been exalted. And then it's been good to be in your house, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that you bless the preaching. I pray, Father, Lord, that you bless the music, the testimonies, the offerings, the prayers. That it might all bring glory into thy high and holy name for who you are and what you do for us. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that you might, uh, Lord, uh, move, in, move in our hearts, God. Lord, use your word to challenge us and to draw us closer to you than we've ever been before. God, those who are away from you, help them to get right. Lord, those who are lost, God, I pray that you'd save them. Lord, if there might be one watching or listening, God, and Lord, I pray you'd birth them into your family before it's too late. God, I pray your blessings be upon our church. And Lord, uh, Lord we may be few in number, but we're thankful, Lord, for uh, Lord, every opportunity we have to meet together, Lord, and to do your work according to thy will, Lord. Lord, bless every prayer request that's been offered up today. I pray, God, for those who are hurting, those who are struggling, or those who are without. Lord, I pray for those who are sick. God, thank you for those who uh, 
have returned, God, that have been sick for some time now. And we're thankful for their presence. We're blessed those who are away, bless mom and dad and their travels. And God, give them a good time of rest and relaxation. Lord, bring them back safe and sound, God. I pray, Lord, that, uh, God, that you bless the families of those who are bereaved. God, Lord, I pray today that you use us, God, to preach your word in a way that you might magnify and bring honor and glory and praise to thy high holy name, God. Move in our hearts, work in our midst. We're going to praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. This time we'll receive our Sunday morning offering. Uh, so you be faithful in giving in the Lord as God's blessed and prospered you. Amen. God been good to you. Amen. Amen. One of our best forms of praise is, is by giving offerings that we could give. Well, there's my little girl. I was afraid she's going to miss out. Come on, baby. <laughs> okay. Turn around and go back the other way then. what I call putting it in reverse. You going to come help us, Leah? Come on, baby. All righty. William, you lead us in prayer, sir.
mercy. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus that makes the vilest sinner clean. Aren't you? Amen. Holly, come sing one for us today. All my life you have been faithful. 
goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a promise to we as God's people. Doesn't always seem like that, that does it? Sometimes we feel as if it's everything but goodness. Uh, the devil's hot on our trail, but God's able to take all things, work them together for good to them that love him, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. God's been good to us, church. God been good to you? Amen. Don't ever want to lose sight on just how blessed I truly am. Amen. All minds and hearts clear today before we preach. Well, you can be turning to Genesis chapter number 32. While we're turning, Genesis chapter number 32, if you've got something today you'd like to share, uh, you go ahead and do that. Turn the pulpit down, please. Genesis 32. All minds and hearts clear this morning. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, seems uh, any creature is most comfortable in its natural environment, right? A duck's not going to be happy unless he finds him some water. A pig's not going to be happy unless he finds him some slop, right? Amen. 
Well, a Christian ought to be most comfortable in the house of God. I know some people say they're saved and they feel they seem like they fit in more with the world than they do God's crowd. That's not good. Amen. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And uh, amen. God's people are my kind of people. So praise God for that. Uh, Genesis 32, if you found your place, say amen. Amen. I want to preach to you from a text that I've preached on before, but it's been several years back. And I just believe this is what the Lord has for us today. Um, Genesis chapter 32, verse number 24. The Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there, he re or there wrestled a man with him. Uh, notice I said wrestle, not wrestle. Here in Greene County, that's wrestling. Amen. Well, wrestled a man or wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. I appreciate Pam being sensitive to the Lord as we sang that song, He Touched Me. God's touches are not always pleasant, but they're always what we need at the right moment, the right time. With the Lord's help today, I want to preach on this thought, the man who wrestled with God. The man who wrestled with God. Father in heaven, I love you. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you just uh, use your word today to speak to our hearts. Lord, I think from the pulpit to the pew, we'd all say that we need to hear something from you today. And Lord, uh, we're not interested in man's opinion. We're not interested in our own thoughts or ideologies or convictions, Lord. But God, we want to hear what the Bible says. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to do that. Lord, you have been good to us. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you'd move in our hearts, work in our midst today. And Lord, just um, God, I pray, God, that uh, if anybody here needs a fresh touch, I pray you'd touch them. But God, I pray that we'd be very, very careful about this business of wrestling with God. Uh, Lord, um, Lord, when we choose to wrestle with you, we'll end up getting hurt more than we bargained for. But God, even through that, we can come out better off than we were before we went in. So moving our hearts, working our midst today, God, exalt your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant today. And um, Lord, I just pray that when we leave this place, we, we be able to say that Christ has been magnified. Lord, that is our greatest responsibility, to make much of Jesus. Do that. Use us today as a, a vessel. 
Lord, as an instrument, God, a mouthpiece, God, to deliver what you've said. And God, we're going to do our best to give you all the honor, the glory, the praise that you deserve. Uh, draw us all closer to you if there might be one amongst us that's away from you or lost. I pray that today might be their day of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray all God's people said. Amen. Uh, really ask you to pay attention, not just the adults, but the young people this morning. As I, I hope to help you. I hope to help myself through the Word of God. It's a very mysterious passage of Scripture you know, the thought or the imagination that uh, somebody would um, have the audacity to choose to wrestle with God. But I don't know that this is as much about a man wrestling with God as it is God wrestling with man. Amen? And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's outlandish and ludicrous in some ways to think that a man could wrestle with God and come out on the winning side of the affair. I mean, uh, we thought the story of David Goliath was one of the, great, uh, the greatest examples of an underdog prevailing. Brother, you wrestle with God and you win, you've done something. But as we approach this story, uh, there are at least a couple of questions that come to my mind. They are as follows, who actually wrestled who? who it really ended up on the winning side of the match, and what was the outcome uh, as it related to uh, Jacob's well-being and the, the overall direction and trajectory of his life. I think if you study Jacob's life, you'll find it's a story of defining moments and transitions from one, one chapter to another. But let's consider a few things about the background of Jacob before we get into our text. Jacob is um, certainly one of the greatest of the greatest men who ever lived. He was one of the patriarchs of the faith. He is a man whom the nation of Israel is named after. So don't underestimate the extraordinary nature of this man, Jacob. But before there was an Israel, there was a Jacob. And uh, Jacob, the Jacob that came before Israel was not nearly as great and as godly of a man as Israel was. In fact, as I study my Bible, I find a hard, find a hard time um, seeing how God could use Jacob. Do you know the name Jacob? You, know you know what a wonderful way to, to define who Jacob was before God changed his life? He was a scoundrel. I mean, just a, a scoundrel of scoundrels. In fact, his name means that he was a trickster, a manipulator, and he was a man who liked to wrestle. He was stubborn. Uh, if you study his life before the Lord changed his name, he was a man who was devious, he was sin sin sinister, and he used manipulative tactics and methods to get his own way uh, and to get what he wanted out of life. And that certainly reminds me of a lot of people that I've met over the course of my life. And, this, and you know what it did? It caused trouble in his family. You know, he manipulated Esau, lied to Esau, robbed him out of his uh, birthright and his blessing. Of course, we know that that was God's intention, but instead of, you know, letting, you know, kind of letting God. You know, one thing I love about David, David was one who didn't try to take matters 
into his own hands and manipulate the situation and pull the, pull the strings and push the button. He just waited on God and let God sovereignly rule over the affairs of his life. Jacob didn't do that. And the more Jacob stirred the pot, uh, the stinkier it got, the more problems he caused. And uh, amen, the, the underhanded tricks not only in lying to Esau, but lying to his own father Isaac caused great friction uh, in the family. And uh, that happens. Jacob was just a full-blown troublemaker. And uh, long story short, he had no other choice in order to save his own life because Esau, Esau wanted him dead. Jacob had no other choice but to leave Canaan and start a new life in the wilderness on his own. Now according to scriptures, when Jacob left Canaan, you could study this, we don't have time for all of it, I'm just giving you background tonight. But he headed on a journey towards a place called Paranaram. Uh, which basically means a table, a plateau, or an elevated place in a barren land. Now we know that the other name for the place where Jacob left Canaan for is Haran, uh, which simply means a place that is parched, scorched, dry, and famished. So you think about that. You know, he had to leave Canaan, and Canaan was a place of bounty, blessing, and provision. And he ended up going outside the will of God to a place that was parched, barren, and dry. Uh, amen. No fruit at Haran. Yet while it was there, God set Jacob on high. He provided him with a paranaram, a, a table, a plateau, and a high place in the middle of the barren land of Haran. Isn't that wonderful? And when it was all said and done, when Jacob came out of Haran many years later, he had much more on the return trip than he did uh, on his journey, original journey into the land of Haran. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you thankful God's uh, in the business of providing a plateau and a high place uh, in your Haran, in your barren and dry desert? Amen. Uh, so before Jacob ever left Canaan for Paranaram and Haran, he had an experience at another place though that might have to be considered the most important experience of his life, and that's at a place called lose. <laughs> Amen. You don't want to go to the place where you lose. Amen. Uh, which means a place of growth. Uh, I'm thankful for the places of growth in my life, aren't you? Uh, but then after Jacob's experience at lose, and that's where, uh, amen, he, uh, uh, he spent the night using a rock for a pillow, and uh, amen, God met with him at Luz and he saw the angels ascending and descending. That's where we get the name Jacob's Ladder. But Jacob named that place Bethel, which literally means the house or the dwelling place of God. It's the place where Jacob first met God. Now remember, he was a, amen, he was at the house of Abraham. So he knew about God prior to this, but it wasn't until... He arrived at Bethel and had that supernatural encounter uh, with Jehovah that he actually met the Lord God of his fathers. Friends, you know it's possible for you to know about God but to not uh, have a personal relationship with Him. Amen? But again, he had that supernatural encounter with God and I believe this is the, defining, the first defining moment of his life. Amen? Don't ever forget that place where you first met the Lord. Amen? Where God changed you, amen. 
where, amen, the Lord miraculously appeared to you and you is never the same. Uh, amen. So when he woke up, the Bible says that he immediately responded by saying that surely the Lord's in this place and I knew it not. And the Bible tells us that Jacob was afraid and said that it is a dreadful place and that it was none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. But then Jacob left and he renamed that place Bethel and Bethel became the place that was forever known in Jacob's life as the place where he first came to face to face with God. Um, so I believe this represents a place of salvation in Jacob's life. But then like so many of God's people, he went down to Paranaram and Haran, and he spent many years wandering in the wilderness of this world. But it was at Paranaram where God furnished a table for him, and uh, he worked for his uncle Laban, and God allowed him to become wealthy. And he blessed him in a mighty way. But yet there came a point in time in Jacob's life where the Lord reappeared and said, Hey, Jacob, it's, you've wasted enough time out here in Haran. It's time to go back to Bethel. <laughs> Amen. It's time to go back to the place. But I want to tell you, I don't care how far you stray away from the Lord, you don't ever need to forget where you come from. You don't ever need to forget uh, the road that leads back to the Father's house. Hallelujah. Amen. And brother, I may spend some time in the far country wandering around in the, in the mulk and the mire of the pig pen, but I'm thankful for those times that the Lord helps me come to myself and I realize it's a whole lot better back at Daddy's house than it is uh, feasting amongst the hog slop of this world. I don't want to ever forget my way back to Bethel. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness today? Laban didn't go, let him go easy and they had to make peace at a place called Gilead which means a place of testimony. And friends, in our dealings with one another, even when we have misunderstandings and fallouts, we don't ever want to burn bridges. Amen. Amen. We don't ever want to lose our testimony. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and not bring reproach to the name of God. But then as we move into chapter number 32, we find that as Jacob made his way back towards Bethel, he had an encounter with a couple of angels of God and he named the place Manaham, which means the place of two camps. Now, by the way, this is also the place where Barzillai and Shobai met David when he was exiled from his kingdom and gave him food and substance to help him on his way. But the place of two camps, it kind of reminds me of Elijah when he was on top of Mount Carmel and he asked the people, he said, Why halt ye between two opinions? Amen. You need to make up your choice, your mind and decide whose side you're on. Uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No man can serve two masters. And it seems at this point in time at Manahem, Jacob had one foot in Haran and the other foot in Bethel. And he couldn't decide which way he wanted to go and where he wanted to be. Amen. But God was getting ready to take care of that. Hallelujah. Uh, but again, Jabok means a place of outpouring. And uh, notice how that this is the place that Jacob came to just before he had this encounter with the Lord. After he received his great, or when he received his great blessing and his name was changed to Israel. But here's the point, church. Before there can ever be a blessing, you listen to me today, there must first be an outpouring and an emptying of yourself and everything that is hindering you from claiming God's Special blessing. Again, 
Amen. At Manaham, it's a place of two camps. He was uh, double-minded. He couldn't decide where he was at. But then he came to Jabbok, that place of outpouring where he had to pour his life out before God could ever make him the man that he wanted him to be. So, uh, but then, uh, amen, at Mahanaim and Jabbok, uh, it was time for a showdown between God and Jacob. And brother, I'm just going to tell you, the Lord will, you know, the Lord will kind of leave you on a loose leash for a little while and kind of let you go your own way and uh, kind of like we parents do with our children. Sometimes we have to let them fall and scrape their knees or touch the stove when it's hot just to teach them a lesson of life of what not to do. But brother, if you're God's child, amen, that leash will only go so far until He'll uh, jerk a knot in it, hallelujah, and He'll tighten you up. And He'll say, I'm telling you, i got a message for you, and I've got a work for you to be done. And now we find a showdown and, and it, amen, a confrontation between God and this man that God wanted to be the father of the Hebrew nation. You know, it's never good to have a showdown with God, right? Because I promise you, amen, you say, well, I I, I want to win. Well, you may win in the long run, but it's going to cost you dearly. And that's what happened to Jacob. So let's, that's the background of the story. Let me just share some thoughts with you from the text. Verse number 24, we see a condition. First of all, the Bible says that Jacob was left alone. Uh, you know, loneliness is something that is unpleasant. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know what it is. We'd much rather have fellowship than loneliness. Right? But brother, you live long enough, you're going to feel lonely. You're going to feel isolated. You're going to feel as if you've been abandoned and, and forsaken and mistreated and abused. But you know, sometimes loneliness is a part of the sovereign plan of God. Sometimes God has to get you in a place of loneliness to get all of the clutter and all the static out of your mind so that uh, He can keep you still long enough uh, to get your attention so you can hear His still small voice. Amen? So sometimes loneliness is according to God's will. Loneliness is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it is a good thing and the only thing that will allow God to get your attention. Brother, amen, I promise you one thing. If you need to slow down, God knows how to slow you down. Amen. Somebody say amen right there. Now there's an instigation, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when I first began to study this text, I... You know, I always assumed it was Jacob is the, was the instigator of the wrestling match. No, God was wrestling with Jacob as much as Jacob was wrestling with God. And Jacob was a, a natural wrestler. I mean, that's what he had done all his life. He wrestled with his daddy. He wrestled with his brother. He wrestled with his uncle Laban. Amen. Uh, amen. He was a manipulator. He was a trickster. He was an instigator. He was a troublemaker. Uh, amen. And he'd been trying to wrestle God and everybody else his entire life. And he had failed miserably. He had Laban on one side, Esau on the other side. And uh, he wasn't uh, the most popular figure uh, with either of them. He was in a rock and a hard place 
And to be honest with you, he wasn't in a condition to do much more wrestling. But for one night, God became an adversary of Jacob. And he spent the entire night wrestling with this trickster, this manipulator, this troublemaker, and this man who had made his living as a professional wrestler. Now, I don't know about you, but rest now. Some of y'all probably love the WWE and all that stuff. Amen. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and uh, Junkyard Dog. Amen. Right? That's who I watch when I was. We do what? Most of them are dead. Yeah, we're getting old, William. Amen. What is it now? The Rock. Isn't that right? I mean, the, he's the one. He's getting old, too, Denise. He don't wrestle no more. Well, he's the one that the girls hoot and holler about, right? But listen, that's fake. I, I just you know, I know that's going to burst some of your bubbles, but there ain't that's there ain't nothing real about that. But can I tell you something? The sport of wrestling is 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 uh, one of the most difficult forms of athletics you'll ever involve. You talk about somebody that's got to be in shape. If you're going to be in shape, if you're going to wrestle, Amen. Uh, you're going to have to be an, uh, in prime and fit condition. But wrestling, listen to me what's, what it's about. <clears throat> wrestling is about submission. It is about dominance. And it is about the forcible submission of the will of one to another. And can I just say to you that the best thing you can do is submit to God willfully and voluntarily rather than forcibly. Because I promise you, brother... If God has to, He can force you into submission. And that entire night, Jacob was an adversary of God. Brother, if I'm, you know, there's such thing as tag team wrestling, right? Well, I, if I'm going to be in a tag team match with God, I want Him to be on my side. Do you know a lot of Christians, a lot of God's people spend more time, uh, amen, wrestling as a friend of the devil rather than a friend of God? Brother, I don't want to, I don't want to find myself. Amen. Whose side are you on? Amen. Don't, you know, make up your mind. Listen, if I'm going to wrestle, I want to wrestle with the devil, or wrestle against the devil and wrestle with God. But a lot of times in life, I'm afraid it's the other way. Amen. We do more harm than we do good because, amen. And you know what it is? A lot of times we try to fight our own battles rather than let God fight for us. That's good preaching right there. But, um, you know, God, had, in, order to, in order for Jacob to become an Israel, in order for Jacob to get back to Bethel, in order for Jacob to be the father, to fulfill his God-ordained role for his life as the father of the Hebrew nation, I mean, God had to gain ultimate control of Jacob's will. Let me ask you this morning, does God have full control over your will? Amen? Whether it be as adults or young people, who, who's who's uh, who's uh, driving your car? Uh, who's in who's in the driver's seat of your life? You know, one of the most unbiblical. And if you've had one, don't get mad at the preacher. Amen. You know where I'm going, William. Jesus is my co-pilot. What kind of mess is that? Amen, brother. I, I tell you, and you know, uh, Holly and and. One of my buddies, Corey, that rides with me and helps me, he told Holly that he said, man, he said, I, I just feel like I always need to ride with Nick. She said, why? Cause, he said, because he scares me to death and I'm afraid if I'm not with him, amen. In, in other words, 
Uh, amen. You, you let God be your co-pilot and you see what happens. Amen. You know, he needs to be in the driver's seat, brother. He needs to be the captain of your ship. He needs to be the one pulling the strings of your life. He needs to be the one calling the shots. He knows more than you do. And, and brother, you need to let go and let God take over your life. A amen. A lot of times, well, if I do this or if I do that or amen or uh, amen, I'm going to manipulate this situation or I'm going to make this decision. If this, ha this happens, that happens. Brother, it won't take long for your plans and your dreams to blow up in your face. You don't know how to control your... Do you know you're a creature? God's a creator. And the only way for the ship of your life to, to, to operate as God would have it to is for Him to have the steering wheel. For Him to be in the captain's chair. And I'm telling you, young people, the best way for you to save yourself a whole lot of headache in life is to put, make sure you put God on the throne as early as you possibly can. Amen. It took Jacob a long time to realize that the only way he was going to be successful in life is to let God pilot his ship. Amen. And bro, I'm telling you, listen, we spend a lifetime uh, having to learn that lesson. You know one of the natural characteristics of human beings? We're stubborn. We're, we're strong-willed. Anybody ever had a strong-willed child? Yeah, Denise is saying yes, most definitely. Amen. I, I got, well, no, I ain't even going to go there. Hallelujah. Amen. It's just a, but it's just natural for we as human beings to want to resist. The, you know, a, a word that that the Bible used for it. God spoke to the children of Israel, amen, as being stiff-necked. You ever had a stiff neck? Man, I tell you, that's one of the most, uh, I, I mean, it'll just... But listen, there's a lot of us that are stiff-necked. We're stubborn. You know what the Bible says about stubbornness? Y'all listen to me today. It says stubbornness is as witchcraft. And uh, amen. Re re rebellion is witchcraft. Stubbornness is as idolatry. Uh, amen. I'm telling you, brother. You know what? It's like God having to train a, to break a wild horse. Amen. And the quicker God can break your will, the better off your life will be. But you know what I found out in my own life? God's still in business of breaking this old wild horse. Amen. Just when it. I'm afraid that just when God thinks He's got me trained, amen, He realizes, nope, He's still got some stubbornness i got to work out of Him. He's still got a stiff neck that i got to rub out of Him. Amen, so I'm going to have to do some wrestling with, with Nick, amen, so I can break His will and get His, and get his attention so that I can get Him fully and completely surrendered to my will for His life. Amen, is the, listen, is the... Rallying cry of your life, not my will, but thine be done. Or is, is, is the motto of your life, not God's will, but my will be done. Huh? Do you know God knows what's best for your life? Amen. Do you know that God's plan may be different from your plan? Amen. Uh, young people, I hate to say it to you today, but 
you know, and I'm sure you do right now. You've got dreams and ambitions and desires, and I want to be this, and I want to do that, and I want to make, I'm, you know, I'm going to make this money, and I'm going to marry this uh, beauty queen, hallelujah, and I'm going to have this fairy tale life, this prince and the princess, and we're going to live happily ever after. Amen. And, and you've got, and that's great. That's wonderful. Boy, I wish I could go back and do it. But I, can I just burst your bubble for a moment and just tell you most likely not all your dreams are going to come true? I mean, there's going to be some things happen in your life. There's going to be some detours. And you know who's going to be, you know who's going to bring those detours into your life? God is. Amen. You know why? Because, amen, God's plan for your life's better than yours. What God knows best for you is better than what you think is best. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are better. And brother, I'm just telling you, the best thing you can do uh, right now, amen, as a young person, if you want to save yourself from some headache and heartbreak and Amen. And just, amen, some pains and some lifelong uh, scars and wounds because, amen, you thought you knew more than God did. Amen. You better say, Lord, I surrender all. You better just make up your minds, Lord, I'm giving giving my life to you. You know, I'm putting my ambitions and my desires and my dreams. It's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with having dreams as long as they are uh, reconciled and secondary and resigned to the fact that God may have another plan. Amen? But that's not easy. Why? Because even we adults haven't mastered it yet. Right? All right, I got off track a little bit. I believe God's going to help us this morning. I really do. So again, he wrestled with him to the breaking of day. Jacob was a stubborn man, but so are we. God cannot use us until He breaks us. Did you hear me? Can I, let me ask you today, and again, adults, what's it going to take for God to break you? There's a saying, and I, I, I believe it's true, God will never use you greatly until He wounds you deeply. You say, preacher, why is that? Because for most of us, it takes a deep wounding for God to get us get our attention and for us to wave the white flag of surrender and cry, Uncle. <laughs> Isn't that what happens when you wrestle? You, you know, you, you, you just put them under as much pressure as you have to until you forcibly gain their will and they cry uncle. What's it going to take for you to cry uncle in your life? Amen, what kind of, amen, what kind of uh, tragedies are you going to have to go through in your life? Uh, you know, life's hard enough as it is without us making it harder on ourselves. I've been through some hard times in my life, but you know, sometimes I have nobody else to blame but myself. Right? And if I'd only give in, if I'd only surrendered, and if I'd only said no to myself and yes to God, I could have saved myself some harrowing experiences. I I could have saved some, some relationships. I mean, just because of Jacob's stubbornness, For years and years, 
he had to live exiled with no relationship whatsoever with his family. How many families have been ruined and destroyed over stubbornness and strong-willed? And I, I'm preaching to all of us today. You know, sometimes the hardest thing we can do is say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Brother, the quicker you learn to say that, the better off your life will be. But oh, we want to stub up, don't we? We want to say, I'm right. Amen. You're, amen. I want to get my way. Because we're stiff-necked. We're stubborn. We're strong-willed. What's it going to take for God to break us? God cannot use you until and unless He gains full control of your stubborn will. He can do so voluntarily, but if He has to, He'll do so forcibly. You know one of the, and I don't want to be too blunt, but one of the stupidest things you can do in life is to resist God. You know what Paul said in Romans 9, 19, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? Amen. In other words, you're going to find fault in God? You're going to blame God? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Listen, friends, every one of us could, could point to experiences we've had in life and say, I don't understand this. I wish, I wish this hadn't happened to me. This doesn't seem fair. You know, why does everybody, you know, isn't that what Peter said to John? said to Jesus about John, Peter said, or Jesus said to Peter, if you're going to serve me, if you're going to follow me, you're going to die with me. And he said, well, what about this man? I mean, we want to look at other people and say, well, you know, why aren't they going through what I'm going through? Why didn't they get the raw end of the deal that I got? Amen? And you know, we live in a, in a cursed, sin-cursed world, and life's not always fair. In fact, the longer I live, the more I realize just how unfair it is. But brother, the, how are you going to react to injustices and unfairness and mistreatment? You know, the worst thing you can do is to try to stub up on God and resist God and rebel against Him and say, God, you've done me wrong! You'd be amazing. Now, most people won't admit it, but you'd be surprised at just how many people live their lives, amen, and they are bitter. Not towards other people. They're bitter towards God. Because they don't understand. Brother, I don't understand. Amen? I mean, there's some, I mean, I don't understand why my wife and I lost a child. I ain't never been the same. I never will be the same. Felt like I lost my innocence. Amen? But God doesn't owe me an answer. He's the creator. I'm the creature. And you may say it now, but I promise you, when you stand before Him on Judgment Day, you are not going to point a finger in His face and say, God, you did me wrong! It ain't going to happen. You need to understand that your life is in the hands of a living God. Do you know He's the one that gave you breath? He's the one that gave you life? He's the one that gave you health? He's the one that gave you a family? Children, kids... If you've got parents that love you and care about you, you better be thankful for them. You better appreciate them. Are they always perfect? No. Do they always do right? 
But brother, I, I promise you, there's a whole lot of kids in this world that would be that would die to have the situation you've got that even have a mom and daddy that love them and care about them. Amen. Man, life's not perfect. But the worst thing we can do is to respond to the hurts and the pains that we go through by trying to turn against God. Brother, you don't want God. You, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Do you understand all God had to do to wound Jacob was to touch him? Did you know that God, all He had to do to create this world was to speak it into existence? Do you realize how fragile your life is? You know what? As I examine some of the foolish mistakes I've made and the, the messes I've made in my life and just the, I mean, I don't know why God didn't kick me to the curb a long time ago. I mean, just as quickly as God's given you everything you have, He can take it away. Amen. You, if you don't appreciate your health, God can remove it. You don't love your family, God can take it away. Amen. You don't love your parents? You're not thankful for them? Well, let me just ask you, what would you do? If you got a phone call and said, sorry, your mom and daddy's been involved in a car wreck and they're dead. You know, my girls, they get mad at me and sometimes they have every right and reason to get mad at me. I say, well, what would you do if I wasn't around? Who's going to pay your tuition? Who's going to, take, who's going to provide you food to eat? Amen? I mean, you know, when you're able to pay for your own cell phone, can I preach to my kids a minute? I'm not looking at them, but I'm, amen. When you're able to pay for it yourself, then complain about it until be thankful for what you have. Because just as quickly as you have it, it could be gone. And sometimes we don't realize what we have until it's not there. Trust me. So, what's it going to take for God to break our will from the pulpit to the pew? Well, can I tell you what it took for God to break Jacob's will? Mutilation. Verse number 25, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, when the Lord saw that he wasn't getting anywhere with old stubborn Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. God saw that the only way for him to prevail against Jacob was to wound him and to hurt him. And all he had to do was touch him. In order for Jacob to survive the wrestling match, God had to be willing. But listen now, God, God knew Jacob's limits. He didn't. Yeah, he touched him and he wounded him, but he did so gently. Why? Because God wanted that wound not to be for Jacob's detriment, but for his well-being. Oh, I'm so thankful that we serve a God that any time He wounds us, it's not to harm us. It's to help us. It's not to bring you down, but it's to build you up. 
And brother, I promise, let me just tell you something. The wounds that God sovereignly ordains and allows to enter into your life, they'll hurt. But when it's all said and done, they'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. That doesn't seem that way at the time, does it? But I'm telling you, some of the worst things I'm, I've been through in my life have made me who I am today. I'm better off because of them. So brother, you need to trust the gentle hand of God even if He chooses to afflict you. See, and this is where we get our theology out of whack. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying everything happens to us. Amen. God's not some... Um, in other words, he, didn't, he, didn't, he doesn't get pleasure out of, out, of, out of harming his children. All right? But I want to say to you, if you're not everything that happens to you that is evil or that is, that is hurtful, let me say it that way, is of Satan. Now, nowadays, nowadays we have people say, well, the devil made me sick. Or the devil does, you know, pray this off of my life. Pray this attack of and I get that I understand that I'm not saying that de the devil Satan does have a realm of authority over this world but I'm just telling you Satan's got to go to God for permission before anything that happens to you so if it happens if you're saved y'all listen to the preacher today if you're saved and it happens to you if God didn't at least bring it he allowed it and permitted it and brother, that's contrary to modern theology that's been preached. That God would never let anything bad happen to you. Brother, you don't know the God of the Bible. Just ask Jonah, hallelujah. <laughs> what happens when you rebel against God? <laughs> and again, I mean, Jonah, God said go to Nineveh. Jonah threw a temper tantrum and said, I don't want to go. And he didn't go and he went the other way. Yeah, but when it was all said and done and when he got vomited out on the beach covered in puke and seaweed, I mean, he, I mean, he wasn't just walking. He was high-stepping to Nineveh, honey. God will break your will. The question is how much is, he gonna have, how much is it going to hurt for him to do it? You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the chastisement of God. That is void. And that is not preached I'm thankful that I was raised. It was instilled in my heart. Probably not as much as it should be. should have been. But I mean, I, I was raised. A, a holy reverential fear of God was instilled in my life. Growing up. I'll never forget when I was a teenager. And yeah, I know I'm a preacher, but, but I mean, I'm just like the rest of you. I was doing things I ought not be doing. And I knew it was wrong. But you know what? There was times I was afraid to get in my truck and drive down the road because I knew I wasn't where I needed to be and I was afraid God might jerk my chain because of it. You say, you mean God would do it? Brother, we have lost realization of the fact that God, he, yes, He's a God of love, He's a God of grace, but He is a God that does, if He has to chasten you, afflict you, wound you, to get you your attention and to get you on track and to get your life submitted and surrendered to His will, He'll do what He has to do. I promise you God's more stubborn than you are. You say, I'm going to hold out against Him. 
No, he'll win every time. Help man. It's a dangerous thing to wrestle God. You might end up getting more than you bargained for. And you might end up being wounded and handicapped over it. Submit and surrender your will to God willfully and voluntarily so He doesn't have to gain control uh, and domination over you by force and by violence. It doesn't pay to wrestle with God. You're no match for Him. And you'll always come up on the losing end. Sooner or later, you're going to cry, Uncle, brother. The question is, what's it going to take? His continuation. Verse 26, he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let you go. Jacob's stubbornness continued and persisted even after God wounded him. Man, he was stubborn. Amen. You know what Deuteronomy says? Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. We say, oh God, soften my heart. Why don't you soften your own heart? Oh God, open my eyes. Why don't you open your own eyes? Now I understand the balance between God, God doing His part and us doing ours. Jacob's position, he said, I will not let thee go. He was no longer wrestling. Now all he could do was hold on for dear life. Listen, friend. When you go from the place of wrestling to a place of holding on, trusting, and depending upon God, you have reached the place where God can finally use you to do something great for His name. Kind of like a dog lying limp in the arms of his master. That's where God wants you. I got a little dog. She loves, more, she loves me more than she does anybody else in the family. They shake their head no, but I, I mean, we all know. But uh, her favorite thing to do is when Daddy's sitting on the couch, she'll just come and sit at my feet and she'll just wait. And I'll say, come on. She'll jump up on my lap. I don't even have to tell her to do it. And she just rolls over like this. And she will stay there as long as I let her. Right? I'm talking about just fully submitted to her master's will. That's what God wants. In fact, if God's going to use you to fulfill your pot the potential that He knows you have in life and that He has for your life, He's got to get you to that place to where you are fully resigned. You realize, God, I've tried to do it my way and it don't work. I'm yours. Do with me what you want. What's it going to take to get you to that point? To where you say, all my dreams, all my desires, all my ambitions, all my wants and my wishes is secondary to your purpose and your plan for me. Again, young people, the quicker you can get to that place, the better off you'll be. You'll save yourself a whole lot of heartaches and tears and wounds and scars now we're getting ready to get to it. That wound healed up. But you know what happened to Jacob? Y'all still with me today? For the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. 
his entire life until the very day he died, Jacob was a limper. Why? Because he was a wrestler. If he had never chosen to wrestle with God, to not just wrestle with God, but wrestle, wrestle with, with Isaac, wrestle with Esau, wrestle with Laban. Amen? But because it took so much and it took so long, and God had to go to great lengths to force Jacob into submission, Jacob ended up having to spend the rest of his life walking with a limp. Now don't get me wrong, Jacob's life after God changed his name to Israel so, certainly was a whole lot better than it was when he was a Jacob. But brother, I'm just telling you, you know, God will forgive your sins, but sometimes the consequences will stay with you for a lifetime. Young people, you listen to me. Preacher's trying to help you today. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All you have to do is make one stubborn, foolish, rebellious choice and your life will never recover from it. Kids, I know mom and daddy, and mom and daddy ain't perfect. Let me just tell you, it ain't easy raising kids nowadays. If you think it is, try it for a little while. It's tough. It's hard. Mom and daddy love you. We don't always do right, but we want what's best for your life. And you may not realize it, but we know more, we know more than you do. We're smarter than you are. You know why? Because of experience. We've been there. We've done that. And some of us are limping because of the stupid decisions and choices we've made in life. And we, we love you so much, we, we don't want to see you follow in our footsteps and end up carrying the same limp. I know you had a mama that said no. Huh? Uh, if Maria was here, she'd tell you. I mean, mama was mean. Uh, and meant it. <laughs> and proved it. I know that right there, too. If Tommy and James were, the, were here today, she, they'd say mama, when mama said no, she meant it. But she did it because she loved. You know, nowadays we got parents that won't even tell their kids no. Huh? Brother, you ought to bless, you ought to, you ought to be so thankful if you've got a parent that loves you enough not to let you just go out and do what you want to do. Huh? Right? Oh, brother, I'm waiting deep today, aren't I? I need it. I, I'm telling you, young people, and it doesn't, that's another, that's one, one thing. Why is it, and I, I, maybe we'll ask God one day, it probably won't matter, but why is it that the, some of the most important decisions we make in life we have to make before we got any lick of sense to make the right choices? Does that, am I telling the truth today? But we do. And young people, I'm just telling you, don't underestimate the seriousness of one wrong choice. And you know where most of them happen? Relationships. Friendships. 
peer pressure. Huh? I know I'm getting close. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't let the devil tell you it's no big deal because I'm so young and I got all my life. Brother, you may limp for the rest of your life because of it. Huh? Preacher helping anybody today? Any adults in the room saying I'm limping because of some stupid things I did when I was young? My whole life, I'm going to limp. Because, I, because God had to, it, it took so much for God to get my attention. Shouldn't have been that way, didn't have to be that way, but I was simply too stubborn to do right and to submit my life to God. So now I'm limping. His transformation. No, his motivation, except, excuse me, except thou bless me. See, now he's, there's a change in his demeanor. The change of his will and what he was willing to ask for. He wanted the, the blood. But brother, God can't bless you unless you're blessable. Do you want the favor of God on your life? Do you want to try to live your life in this messed up, mixed up world that is simply unsurvivable without God? Do you want God's blessing? Do you want God's favor? You better not be a wrestler. You better submit and surrender. And then God will bless you. Transformation, verse 27, 28. He said unto him, What is thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, Your name's no more Jacob, but it's Israel. Jacob means a manipulator, a trickster, a deceiver. You know what Israel means? A man who has power with God. Verse 28, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Friend, the only way you're going to prevail in this life is to have God on your side. And you won't have God on your side unless you surrender your life to His will. You'll never have God on your side wrestling with Him. Are you, hey, you're in a tag team match. Is, uh, amen. Is your partner God or is it the devil? You want to prevail in your life? You better have the power of God in your life. The only way you'll do that is submit to the Lord. But you know where... <laughs> do you know where Jacob's strength came from? It came from his weakness. We think of stubbornness and independence and self-will, selfishness, self-centeredness. I want what I want. I'm going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. We think of that as strength. Do we not? But you know what Paul said about his thorn in the flesh? About his limp? Paul had a limp. You know what Paul said about it? He said, or God said, my strength is made perfect through your weakness. Your strength will come through your limp. Glory to God. 
Your strength will come through your limp. Boy, there's some things in my life I wish I hadn't went through. But if I look and, you know, any strength that I have today, I wouldn't be there if it hadn't been for the limp. <laughs> oh, my. It's not always pleasant, but when it's all said and done, it'll be perfect. All right, I got to quit. His demonstration, he asked, verse 29, said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? God demonstrated to Jacob who was really in charge. Jacob yielded and submitted. But there's just some things God don't, God don't have to tell you everything. God doesn't owe you an explanation or an answer for everything that happens in your life. God doesn't owe you anything more than what He's already... He didn't owe you what He's already done. He just did it for you freely. Lord, I'll serve you if you'll tell me your name, who you are. Lord, I'll serve you if you give me what I want. Lord, I'll serve you if you make my life easy. I'll surrender to you as long as you tell me the details. God says, I don't owe you an explanation. Just serve me. Just live for me. Just follow me. And it'll all work out. You've got to trust God to know that <laughs> He's better off in the driver's seat than you are. Boy, that's a lot easier said than done, is it not? God's provision, He blessed him. But He couldn't have blessed him unless... He, God could not have blessed Jacob without Jacob's submission and surrender. Do you want God's blessing on your life? Or do you want to try to do it? Have at it! Amen? Just like the, just like the prodigal. He said, give me mine inheritance. Give me what is rightfully mine and what belongs to me. And the Father said... Here it is. Have at it. It's yours. See how it works out for you. Every prodigal has the same experience. It may be pleasurable, but sooner or later they're going to want to come back home. Huh? And, and ultimately their testimony will be Daddy knows best. His confession, he called the name of the place Peniel, for he said, I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Brother, you want your life to be preserved? Do you want, do you, do you, you know, do you want to thrive? You know, every parent wants their child to have the best life possible. I don't want my child to just, my kids to just live. I want them to have a good life. You better not wrestle with God. The success of your life depends upon how submitted and surrendered you are to His perfect will. Commemoration. Verse 31 and 32, He passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him. And he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank because it is 
upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. His wound served and his limp served as a lifelong reminder of what happens when God has no other choice but to wrestle with man. His wound served as an ever-present reminder of who was really in charge, who was on the throne, and who really was in control of his life. Don't force God to have to wrestle with you and wound you in order for Him to gain control, authority, and dominance over you. Submit willfully and yield yourself voluntarily, lest God has no other choice but to do it forcibly and violently. All it takes is a touch from God and your life will be changed forever. Forgiveness, confession, and repentance does not always remove the consequences of disobedience. You'll never make it back to Bethel unless you fully surrender to God. You won't get all of God until God has all of you. One other thing, and I close. I asked you and you responded. You said, yeah, I'm walking with a limp. I know what it is to be wounded because of my my own stubbornness. Stiff-necked, hard-headed. I'm going to do it my way instead of God's way. Now I'm walking with a limp because of it. Can I say something to you? Don't ever forget the limp. Don't ever forget the wound. Lest you have to repeat the lesson over again. I don't know. But I just happen to think that very possibly... Could it have been Jacob's limp that caused Esau to deal with Jacob mercifully and graciously? I mean, that ain't, that ain't Bible, brother. That's me. I mean, he had it out for his brother. He hated his brother because of the way he treated him. But yet when he saw Jacob coming walking over the hill towards him, He saw there was something different about the way he was coming back than the way he went away. When Jacob left Canaan, he wasn't limping, brother. He was strutting. I'm the man. Ain't nobody going to mess with me. Brother, when he came back home, there wasn't no limp about or no strut about him. He he, he He was a whipped man. He's a man who had been through the wars, the battles of his own way. Just like the prodigal coming home. Stinky, smelly, nasty. (laughs) He left. He was the man. When he returned, he was God's man. It's up to us. The sooner we submit and surrender ourselves to God, the better off we'll be. Let's all stand. Father in heaven, I love you. I've done my best to preach the message you would have for us today. And Lord, I no doubt about it, this message was ordained by you. It's what you would have us to hear. Lord, if it didn't hit anyone else square right between the eyes, it did me. I needed to hear this message today. Ain't nobody here more stubborn than Nick Bailey. Nobody. God, help me to surrender myself. God, it's not a knockout punch. As long as I have a flesh, 
I'm going to have an old stubborn streak. God, even though I know what it is to be wounded, Lord, I'm walking with some limps today. Some things that I could have avoided. Some things that didn't have to happen. And, and Lord, if I'd have just gone Your way instead of my way, my life would have been so much easier. But Lord, it's through the hardness and through the hard times, through the, the, the lessons, through the woundings, through the wrestling matches, through the injuries. And God, that's where my strength comes from, through my weakness. As hard as it is, maybe somebody would like to come today and say, Lord, thank You for the limp. Thank You for the wound. Thank You, Lord, that You love me enough not to let me go my own way. Maybe you're here today <laughs> and you remind yourself of Jacob. You like being in charge. You like being the man. You like be, being the one that's calling the shots. And Thanks God, but I got this. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do my thing. Brother, you better be careful. Because you will mess up, and when you do, it's going to cost you a whole lot more than what you ask for. Best thing you can do, whether you're an adult or a young person, is to come to an old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, I'm waving the white flag of surrender. I'm done with me. I'm done with what I want. Living my life for myself, for pleasure. The devil's had me hooked, but I'm ready to get off the devil's hook and get on the Lord's. I've been tag team partners with Satan for too long. And I want to switch partners, make sure that I'm not butting heads with God and wrestling against Him. But I want to know and experience the strength and the power of God all because He's on my side. You say, preacher, I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. But I'm not surrendered. There's a difference, friend, between salvation, sonship, and lordship. And I'm here to ask you, will you give your life to Jesus? You have no idea. Listen to me, young people. You have no idea what lies ahead. You have no idea what you're going to go through. Dreams are great. Ambitions. Desires. It's wonderful. But all of those things ought to be secondary to knowing that God has a master plan. And the quicker you get in it, the quicker you surrender to it, it may save you from having some limps later on in life. You just need to let go and let God. Oh, God's looking for some people in this day that He can use. You'll never have all of God until God has all of you. Why don't you give yourself to Jesus today? I'm not asking if you're saved. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. But if you are saved, you need to make sure the Lord's on the throne of your life. You need to make sure He is the one in the captain's chair. 
You need to make sure He's the one in the driver's seat. Because if He's not, you're going to end up having a wreck. And it's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt bad. Father in heaven, I pray You'd speak today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this message, Lord, might penetrate the hearts of all who are here. Some of us calloused. Some of us who are hardened. Some of us who are hard of hearing. Our eyes are blinded. We're stubborn. We're stiff-necked. We've been going our way for so long that it's almost as if we don't even recognize the voice of God. Lord, I believe You're speaking to some hearts today. And Lord, I pray, were it be an adultery young person, I pray, I pray, Lord, that You would get a hold of them and help them to come to an old-fashioned altar and give themselves to You. Oh, God. Surrendered life. God, I don't want to miss out on the great things You want to do in my life because I settle for being a Jacob rather than become the Israel. The one who has strength with God that You'd have me to be. Move in our midst, work in our hearts. We'll praise You for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. What page is that, Pam? 287 gold. 287 in your gold hymnals. We're going to sing, I surrender all. And if the Lord's spoken to your heart, why don't you come? You say, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed, brother. Ain't nothing to be ashamed about. Give your life to the Lord. We'll celebrate with you. Amen. Best decision you can make other than salvation is to give your life to Jesus Christ. 287. All to Jesus I surrender all. How about it, friend? How about it, young person? Why don't you come? Let me pray with you. Let God help you. For love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. Do you mean it today? All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all on the second verse. All to Jesus I surrender humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Why don't you come bow before His throne today? I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all.
the fourth, last verse. All to Jesus I surrender. Oh, Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power. Let Thy blessings fall on me. Sing today. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender All God's people said, hope you've enjoyed this service today. Young people, I hope I haven't been too hard on you. I hope you know I love you and I'm proud of you. Proud of the young people we have in our church. And uh, just know your pastor loves you and anything I can ever do to help you, I want to do that. We're in this thing together. We can't make it by ourselves. We've got to have each other. Most of all, we've got to have the Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll dismiss. Uncle Kenny, will you lead us in prayer, sir?